Pottywomple with the Shadow People is a narrative podcast about friendship, magic, mystery, and the divine feminine. This podcast sometimes deals with topics of a sensitive nature, so listener discretion is advised. If you follow footprints that were made in secret, if you follow footprints that cannot be hidden from the moon's knowing glow, if you follow footprints that are so deeply entrenched in the mother's mud that they must have been carrying the weight of a guilty conscience, if you follow footprints that lead you to a garden, a house, and a crossbow, then you, my dear, Cottywomple with the Shadow People. Episode 2. The Dirt Woman Uprooted The bolt of the crossbow zipped by Lilith's head and hit one of the large trees behind her. If she had been standing a centimeter to the right, it would have nicked her ear. If it had been an inch, she would have caught the bolt in the eye. "'What you doing here, girl?' asked the owner of the crossbow, an older woman with a halo of gray hair. "'You come back here to trample through my garden again?' You here steal more of my herbs? No, ma'am, Lilith stuttered. I was just out for a walk. I didn't even know this place was here. This was only half true. Lilith did not know the exact location of this place, the place known by the locals as the Chateau, the place where it was said that all the shadow people came from. But she did know it was somewhere in the middle of the forest. The older woman walked towards Lilith, with a crossbow still trained on her, her suspicious gaze never leaving the younger woman's eyes. Hold out your hands, girl. Lilith did as she was told. Her hands were shaking with fear, but she tried to hold them still as the woman studied them. After a few moments that seemed like hours, the old woman shook her head. These ain't the hands of an herb thief. They're too clean. Much too clean for a woman with a green thumb such as yours. Lilith opened her mouth to question what she meant, but the woman was already walking away from her and towards a patch of freshly ruined earth. Lilith stared after her, mouth agape, until the woman turned around with an impatient look in her eye. Well, don't just stand there catching flies. Come help me replant these herbs. Someone messed with them. Lilith quickly followed the woman, not wanting to be scolded again. She started gathering all the plants that had been uprooted. I think you made a mistake, ma'am, Lilith said as she knelt in the dirt. I'm useless in a garden. I I can't have a green thumb. The woman stopped digging and looked up at her. Of course you have a green thumb. It's there on your right hand, glowing bright as anything. Lilith looked at her right hand and only saw a regular old thumb. And who told you that you're useless in a garden? Lilith cleared her throat. (coughs) Well, I wasn't always useless. I studied botany in college, but I don't know. I guess I just lost my... I didn't ask for your life story, girl. I just asked who told you that you were useless. Well, no one. I just haven't had much luck tending to my husband's garden. The woman went back to digging. Maybe your husband didn't plant it right. 
You have to set an intention when you plant a garden. You can't just shove seeds into the ground all willy-nilly. She continued planting, and after a few quiet moments, Lilith joined her. Lilith fumbled awkwardly with the plants at first, but soon she fell into a comfortable pattern with the woman. She felt like she was in community college again. She leaned down and breathed in the subtle mint aroma of the herbs. Some of the leaves looked as if they had browned and died. She started to ask the woman if she should even bother since they already looked dead, but the woman glared at her, so she stayed quiet. She tenderly placed the roots in the ground and gently fussed over their leaves. The more she fussed, the greener the leaves seemed to become. She wondered if they had been brown at all or if her eyes were playing tricks on her. The woman took notice of Lilith's ministrations and something like intrigue shone behind her eyes. Lilith asked what kind of herbs they were planting. The woman said that they were rue and pennyroyal. My husband's never planted anything like this before, Lilith said absentmindedly. Not many people do. A few moments after the woman said this, suspicion crept across her face. What's your name, girl? Oh, my name's Lilith, ma'am. What's yours? The woman didn't answer, but an angry look of realization dawned in her eyes. You're that doctor's wife. Lilith was taken back. Yes, ma'am. Get out of here. Go on, get. Lilith apologized and asked if she had done something to offend the woman. You ain't done nothing to me or for me, the woman said as she angrily placed the last set of roots back in the dirt. She stood up, crossbow in hand, and marched back to her front door. Lilith called after her, and the woman turned around. You know exactly why your husband's boot prints lead to my property. Lilith was in shock. She didn't tell the woman anything about her husband's footprints. Why don't you take a bit of that rue and pennyroyal back home with you? With a man like that, you're gonna need it. Lilith didn't take anything. She just ran back the way she came. If she had looked back, she would have seen the woman's angry eyes soften with concern. By the time Lilith had returned home, the sky had already begun to brighten with the promise of dawn, so she figured there was no point in returning to bed. She put a pot of coffee on and sat quietly at the kitchen table, waiting to hear Adam's heavy footsteps above her. She could not get the woman's harsh words or minty smell of the ruined pennyroyal out of her head. She could hear Adam beginning to stir upstairs. She stood up and started preparing breakfast. Frying up eggs would give her hand something to do as her mind raced with questions. Why did Adam lie about where he was last night? Did he really take the rue and pennyroyal? And if he did, why? She stared intensely at the egg in the frying pan as if she was trying to divine the answer from the golden yolk. She jumped as she felt a pair of arms wrap around her and tried to turn her flinch into a smile as she felt a pair of lips graze her cheek. You're up early, her still groggy husband whispered, the smell of mouthwash and aftershave accompanying his words. She told him she could not sleep as she continued frying the eggs. Is that why you went on your little midnight stroll? Her movements faltered as she turned the stove off, but she quickly gathered herself enough to reply. Yes, I went for a little walk around the house to try to tire myself out. It, it kind of had the opposite effect, I suppose. She would not meet his eyes as she buttered the toast and prepared his plate. 
but she could feel his stare trained on her. She sat his plate along with his coffee mug on the table in front of him and smiled a smile that she hoped did not seem too tense. He looked up at her, appraising her, and with a small smile he replied, "'Now suppose?' She fixed herself a plate and they ate in silence. As Adam finished his last bite, he asked Lilith if she was sure that she could handle finding her own replacement. She assured him that she would. He breathed a sigh of relief and said, Thank you, sweet potato. Miss Bianca's baby is coming any day now. With hers being an at-risk pregnancy and all, I'm not sure I could handle much more this week. And with that, he stood up from his chair, crossed to kiss his wife's tense cheek, and left for work. Lilith poured herself another cup of coffee to compensate for her eventful night. She was going to take her time getting ready for the day. She slowly drank her coffee, took a particularly long shower, and gave a little more attention to her hair than usual. She told herself that she did all of this to look especially presentable, but deep down she knew that she was willing to do anything to delay going into the clinic today. The telephone, seemingly reading her thoughts, rang from the kitchen. She ran downstairs and managed to catch it right before the last ring. Hello? Hi! Is this Lilith from Dr. Adams' office? A cheery voice greeted her on the other end. Uh, yes, yes it is. Did you want to book an appointment? His office isn't open yet. Uh, did you need a house call? No, ma'am. I'm calling about the front desk job. I'm new in town and I'm looking for work. Lilith tried not to sound too excited. Oh, yes, that's wonderful. Um, let's set up a meeting. What time is good for you? The cheery voice said that she was available all day. Lilith told her to meet her at the town coffee shop in one hour. She asked her name, a shame that she forgot to ask earlier. My name is Eve. Lilith sat at a table on the patio of the baker's daughter, the town's local cafe. After her phone conversation with Eve, she called Adam at the office to let him know that she would not be in until after lunch. Adam was annoyed at first, but his mood softened when she said she was conducting her replacement's interview. She sat patiently with her cup of herbal tea. She usually got mint tea, but today she could not stomach the idea of smelling it, let alone taste it. A young woman she did not recognize walked onto the patio, but Lilith instantly knew it was Eve. Her face perfectly matched the cheery voice from the phone. The woman... Lilith almost wanted to call her a girl, but she was not a girl, looked as if she had been built in a first loves factory. She had a body from the type of magazines mothers found under their teenagers' beds, but her eyes and smile were wide and innocent. Her hair was feathered and bounced at her shoulders while she walked. She was the type of beautiful that Lilith should have been jealous of, though Lilith could not bring herself to feel anything but friendly towards her. Forces, whether it be society or idle gossip, would tell her that this woman should be her rival, or at the very least, a polite acquaintance. Not her friend, and definitely not her husband's employee. But Lilith could not bring herself to feel any of those darker, baser insecurities. Looking at this woman, Lilith could only feel... What is the proper feeling? Lilith searched her mind before landing on the word hope. Hope? Yes, hope would suffice for now. 
The two women locked eyes. The woman, who Lilith was certain was Eve, seemed just as certain that she was Lilith. She and her hair bounced over to Lilith's table. Are you the lady from the doctor's office? I am. You must be Eve. Eve sat across from her and handed over her resume for perusal. She had worked as a clerk in a florist one town over. Lilith asked her what brought her over to their little hamlet. Eve said that the flower shop where she worked was bought out and taken over by a funeral home, and they brought in their own people. She said that ever since, she had felt a little uprooted, and it had been rather difficult to find a job. "'That's not the only thing that's been hard to find,' the bright-eyed girl said. "'What do you mean?' Eve explained that she was anxious to meet new people, new men to be specific. Every man in my hometown is either too old, too young, too incompatible, or too married. <laughs> Plus, I've known all of them my entire life. I want to meet someone new. Lilith found her honesty and outlook refreshing. Have you had any experience working in a medical office? No. But I'm a fast learner, and I'm always eager to help, and, and I knew the doctor and the midwife back home. They were friends with my mama and daddy. Lilith stopped her over-assurance and promised her that if she got the job, that she would be trained by both Adam and herself, so there was nothing she really needed to worry about. Eve smiled a relaxed smile and apologized for being so nervous. If you don't mind me asking, what happened to the other receptionist? <laughs> You're looking at her. I wanted to step back from the office a bit and focus on my own home for a little while. The doctor is my husband, and... We may start trying for a family soon. Her mouth felt dry as she said this, as if her own tongue rejected the words. Eve smiled longingly and said, Oh, that's wonderful. You see, that's all I want out of life. I am more than happy to work and support myself, don't get me wrong, but I hope I can have my own little family and a home to take care of someday. Hope, Lilith thought. There's that word again. After a few more minutes of getting to know her potential replacement, Lilith deemed the interview successful. She told Eve that she would be a perfect addition to the clinic and that they just needed to clear it with Adam to make it official. A little voice that had been eating away at her ever since that girl who was in trouble stepped into the clinic told her that even if Eve wasn't perfect for the job, she would have gotten it anyway by virtue of the fact that Lilith wanted to be away from that clinic as soon as possible. But she pushed the voice down, as she had continuously done with a deep breath and a forced smile. The two women finished their tea. Lilith glanced down at the girl's empty cup and saw a heart take shape in the tea leaves. That meant romance. Maybe Eve would get her happy family sooner rather than later. In her own cup, she saw a cross and her breath caught. A cross in the tea leaves usually meant death or a funeral. She convinced herself that her eyes were playing tricks on her. They headed over to the clinic so Eve could meet her potential new employer. But when they arrived, the clinic was locked up, and there was a note with Lilith's name on it taped to the door. It read, Lilith, reschedule all my appointments for today as soon as you get in. Miss Bianca is having her baby. I'll be home late tonight. Adam, P.S. If that girl from yesterday comes in, Hand her the brown bag that I left for you on the desk. Lilith told Eve to come back to the office the next day at noon. 
Eve thanked her for the opportunity and headed back to where she was staying. Lilith opened up the clinic and mentally prepared herself for the onslaught of verbal abuse that came with rescheduling appointments. She hated disappointing the patients, which served as just one more reason why this job was not a good fit for her. After finishing up the emotionally draining phone calls, she sat and stared at the brown bag on her desk. She knew she should not look in it. Adam did not instruct her one way or the other, but she still knew. She would not like whatever was in the bag, and peeking inside would do nothing except expand the ever-growing distrust she had for her husband. She leaned in closer towards the bag, still unsure of what she should do, but soon she realized she did not have to look in the bag. She knew exactly what was in it. She could smell it. It was the same minty scent from the herbs that she helped the woman in the woods replant. She thought of the woman's words. Why don't you take a bit of that ruined pennyroyal back home with you? With a man like that, you're going to need it. Lilith put it all together in her mind. The in-trouble girl's dour cadence. Her fearful words to Adam. Adam's disgust. His muddy boots. The forest woman's upturned herbs. Lilith knew exactly what the contents of the bag would be used for. That bag was supposed to do for the in-trouble girl what Adam refused to do himself. This did not feel right. Lilith understood perfectly if the girl wanted to be without child, but there was something off about the way Adam was handling it, something about Adam's disgusted look the day before, and his clandestine trek to the garden in the woods made her doubt the benevolence of her husband's intentions. She prayed that the girl would not come in, prayed that she found another option, it was when she heard the front door open that she knew her prayers went unanswered. The in-trouble girl walked in. The fearful look had not left her eyes. The doctor left some medicine for me, she said shakily. Lilith nodded wordlessly and timidly reached for the bag. She must have been moving too slow because the girl grabbed it first and impatiently asked, This it? Lilith nodded again. She whispered a thank you and turned towards the door. "'You don't have to take it!' Lilith blurted out. The girl turned with a glare that seemed to say it's none of your business. "'I'm not saying that you should not try to rectify your situation,' Lilith tried to clarify. "'I just... I just don't think Adam is the right doctor to help you.' "'Who am I supposed to go to?' the girl cried. No one else can help me. My man has abandoned me, and if my family finds out, they'll abandon me too. I don't have any other option. There's a midwife in the woods. She can talk to you. She won't judge you. Maybe she can give you something better suited. No, the girl scowled. I'm not about to let some wicked shadow woman lay a hand on me. And with that, the girl left. Potty Womple with the Shadow People was created by Shay Lee and edited by Jonathan Strickland. Special thanks to Lucas Ryan and Jenny Malam. Music by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech Music.